0: A little bit of...
1: Chewbacca! <laughs> is that Coop? Yeah.
0: Coop, you can podcast with us, buddy.
1: Do you want to podcast? Bed. Do you want to go to bed? Okay. Can you say go- Dirk? Dirk. Okay. All right. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, make yourselves comfortable.
0: I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barden. And this is Mad... Uh, about... Movies.
1: It's that's what, that's what.
0: Mad about movies is your go-to podcast for all things cinema. Every week, we break down movie news, rumors, and rumblings, and our chosen movie of the week. But don't worry if you haven't seen it because we'll give you warning before heading into spoilers. And remember to stay tuned till the end for weekly recommends in which we suggest something awesome that you need to check out ASAP. And if you would like to keep the show going, you can do so by donating at our website at aboutmoviespodcast.com. This week's movie of the week is what, Brian?
1: This week we're talking about Disney's Cinderella. Cinderella, Cinderella, night and day at Cinderella. Make the fire, fix the breakfast, wash the dishes, do the mopping.
0: It's about time. This movie's been out for over 50 years now.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a throwback episode <laughs> if you're
0: not aware. A- this is um, one of the many... Inevitable live-action remakes of these Disney films. And we have a little bit of movie news to go over in that regard regarding an upcoming film that was announced this past week. And uh, it doesn't seem like this trend is going to go anywhere with the way that Cinderella performed at the box office last weekend. Straight cash, homie. (laughs) Straight cash. There are a few things I do want to say and uh, do before we hit movie news this week, fellas. And that is, give some shout-outs. Yeah. Specifically this week, fellas, I want to shout-out to some people who left us some reviews on the old iTunes. I gotta say, I'm very impressed with the amount of five-star reviews we've been receiving. I feel like as far as I scroll on our uh, reviews page, lots of five-star reviews. So I want to say thank you and shout-out a couple people who have done that. Uh, This one came actually today, and it's from Sam Bonjour. I guess you're from France, Sam, or you're just uh, one of those Canadians who refuses to learn English.
1: <laughs> Hello, Sam Bonjour. Huh? I see what you did there.
0: Huh? Ah, Brian. That's, <laughs> what we pay, that's why we pay you the big bucks.
1: That's right. Dad joke. Salut. Right here all day. Yeah.
0: He says, he gave us five stars and says, this is a good, non pretentious movie podcast. These guys are funny. <laughs> How dare you? I know. <laughs> I worked so hard at that. These guys are funny and have good chemistry and make listening to a podcast a pleasure. Well done, chaps! So thank you for complimenting my. Not sure if you're English or French chaps. there. Thank you for complimenting Richard's uh, chaps <laughs> that I wear. He's worn my- those for three years straight. Finally, somebody recognizes them and compliments. Yep. Me. Yep.
2: <laughs> just chaps and talc. It's all I wear when I pod. That's just me.
1: It'll but- be weird. But- It's convenient whenever you pull the old celery trick.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Now, with the celery trick, Brian, you're going to want to go skinny at first. It seems counterintuitive, but that, you're just going to slip right out.
0: I want to say thank you also to Paul Wall, ex-rapper Paul Wall. Remember that guy? He was featured on Kanye Tracks uh, a few years ago. (laughs) Paul Wall says, uh, one of the best, gives us five stars, and says, I recently discovered how much I enjoy podcasts a few months ago, and the first thing I searched... Was movies and I came to you all show. Your love for McGruber sealed the deal for me, to be honest, but I really enjoy the varied opinions I'll have, and y'all make work so much better when I'm stuck in the stockroom for nine hours. I'll be a listener for as long as y'all make episodes, and I've been journeying through the old episodes, and I gotta say, McGruber, greater than Now You See Me. Well, well, obviously. Yeah, what is it? We were gonna have to ban you if you said Now You See Me, greater than McGruber. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> and I wanna um, actually offer a rebuttal to one reviewer who gave us three stars. Whoa. Yeah. And his subject was pretentious but entertaining. Hey. We're so pretentious on this show. I wasn't I wasn't but, aware of that.
1: But the other guy said we're not pretentious, so what do we do now? We Cage have to fight
0: to the Yep, have yeah, them fight to okay. the death. This is what I want to offer rebuttal for. This is by drugsfordorks.com. Way to put your website on there so we can uh, um, alert Anonymous to shut it down.
1: Can you send us your mailing address, too? I have a glitter bomb I'd like to send.
0: (laughs) Just looked up a recipe for ricin this afternoon, actually. It's going to come in handy. No, um, he said, these guys are well-spoken and entertaining, but they rarely disagree, which makes this podcast somewhat predictable. If the hosts say they hate a movie in the beginning, you can count on them ripping it apart for an entire hour. Well, that's pretty much all podcasts. So I just want to offer rebuttal and say, you know what? If a movie's bad, chances are we're going to rip it apart. Uh, my, my scale, personally, is uh, very simple, and it goes like this. Good or bad. <laughs> so if the movie's good... It's pretty
1: pretentious, Ken.
0: We're probably going to say <laughs> things like how it's good. And if it's bad, we're probably gonna tell you why it's bad.
1: Someone, someone should go back. This, this is a, a project for a listener, not one of us. We have a lot to do. Uh, we're very busy human beings. But a listener should go back and uh, and listen to all of our podcasts and just just break it down on our grade levels. Because I bet, I bet seventy percent of our reviews are in the at least a B or higher across right, the board. Right.
0: And I would say I could count on one hand the amount of times we've all three given the same grade for a movie, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. we rarely, if yeah. ever, yeah. give the same grade. And in grade.
2: terms of us being pretentious, I mean, like Churchill said, criticism may not be agreeable, <laughs> but it is necessary. It fulfills the same function as pain in the human body. It calls attentions to an unhealthy state of things. I mean, that's just not true. Yeah.
1: Right. Now, if you'll hold on a second, I'm going to bring up a Grantland article and read it word for word, and that <laughs> yeah. will that will make us... <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hold on, I almost dropped my brandy snifter.
1: Mm. Good day, old boy. Here's a mid-90s alternative band reference that you've never heard of. Thanks. Hey, guys, remember Blossom?
0: Uh, I do. Every website of the internet. NBC show from the 90s. Remember that? <laughs> but-
2: remember Space Jam? Let's just do a <laughs> nostalgia pod. We would be the number one podcast out there if we just did millennial nostalgia. And we ne- offered zero commentary. We just yeah. said, hey... Remember Legends of the Hidden Temple, and then 10 <laughs> Seconds of Silence, and then you bring up one, and we just go forever. We'd be
1: huge. Remember the Quad City DJs? <laughs> and what a band.
0: My favorite part, while we're on the iTunes reviews, this is the last thing I'll say, is my favorite thing about this is the old two-star review. Because we're we're not crappy enough to have a one-star, <laughs> but we're not good enough to have a... For so they put us at two, yeah, which makes no sense. But they can't even make up their mind enough to give us a one star or no star review. Um, I always find that humorous. Like, well, they're pretty good, but they're not great. <laughs> but I like listening to it. But they're not awesome, so they give us the old two. So those are those always uh, make me laugh. So I appreciate. Yeah, if you've
1: given us a two star review and you're still listening, um, <laughs> yes. we have some questions. Yes. please email me. <laughs> I can talk to you guys about that right now. (laughs) Early on, not a fan of you guys, to be honest.
0: Thank you to the people who gave us five stars and expect shout outs in future episodes uh, if you give us five stars. So those those always go a long way. Or
1: apparently, if you give us three stars and call us pretentious, we might give you a shout out as well. Yes.
2: (laughs) You know, the whole two star review is I really hate two of the toasts, but I like one of them. And it just averages (laughs) out to two stars. Yes.
0: Yes. Well, let's move on, fellas. Let's talk movie news. Movie news, yes. Yes. Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. Richard, you recently returned home from a few hours down south at the old South by Southwest fest this past weekend, which I was told was in
2: Tijuana, and (laughs) uh, I was sorely mistaken. No, I was. I was down in the in the ATX all weekend.
0: South by Southwest has become a really, really big deal. Uh, in the movie business. Uh, I used to be more music-centric, but the way the internet has evolved over the past just 10 years, and uh, especially the movie industry, uh, it seems to be the go-to place to launch an independent film or to launch a uh, big-budget studio picture as well. And It's always interesting to see how much bigger it gets every single year. I feel like every year um, I'm on Twitter and stuff, I see more and more tweets and people down there and uh, articles coming out of of South by Southwest, but like I said, Richard, you were down there. Uh, just talk to us about your experience. Who did you see? What was the buzz about? And uh, break it down for us.
2: Yeah, so I was in the uh, mostly at a lot of techno- wireless technology events because I'm yeah. cool. Uh, because South by Southwest has become here's <laughs> here's the long and the short of it. A company I've done some consulting for is la- launched a product. Check out Vinly, V-I-N-L-I. Great connected car product. i will get to plug in there. But uh, a company I'd done some consulting for was launching down there, so that's why I went. And But for the most part, the tech part is kind of um, pretty nonsense. It's, uh, it's a lot of panels that no one attends. And it's mostly everyone talks their company into sending them down there so that they can go try to see movies and see bands, <laughs> um, which is great. That's fine. But uh, I actually had a lot, of, a lot of work to do, so I didn't get to do too much of it. But I did have some Some run ins. So I started the night. uh, Went out to uh, grab some dinner with some coworkers, and uh, this one was just this one was slim pickings. I mean, no, this one was that's the word I'm looking for, easy pickings. I was standing right outside the Alamo Draft House on Sixth Street, and uh, there was a bunch of commotion and cameras. So I turned to see why these cameras weren't pointed at me. Uh, right host of the <laughs> third biggest tv and film podcast you know yeah out there third most popular host of the third most popular and podcast. if you don't recognize and, your
0: face you're never going to recognize i mean our faces are the most probably popular thing about this podcast right? absolutely it's not audio it's not an audio form at all or anything so i
2: was like okay i was talking to my publicist like let's back these people off a bit but it was uh it was exciting because <laughs> there was a lot of uh, commotion and then uh, out came uh, I don't even know his real name uh, Ron Weasley,
1: Rupert Grint. Rupert, Grint. Rupert yeah, there Grint.
2: Yeah. So I saw Rupert Grint and uh, we made eye contact for a second. I could tell he was uh, seemed like an affable gent, gent. So that was kind of the least cool, but he seemed like a nice guy. And then my cool what was he down there for? Any idea? It looked like it was a premiere of some of some sort. So okay. he probably I think he does like a millennial convention too. Where he just stands in a theater and goes, Remember Harry Potter? <laughs> everyone's like, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Everybody goes, Just crazy. Yeah.
2: But uh, so that was, so I'll lead up to these for the most enjoyable celebrity experience. I uh, did that. And then I was at the Four Seasons for a nightcap. This was actually last night. And I uh, went to go to the bathroom. And there was a, an older gentleman shuffling towards the valet. And it was uh, <laughs> the judges, Robert That's how he's known, right? Yeah. Robert Duvall of of the Judge fame. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So I got a uh, good look at Robert Duvall, and uh, that's always cool to see a legend like that. I got, yeah. got kind of a picture of him. I'm not normally a picture guy, but I like to – my rule is, is this when I'm in public. If I'm solo, I try to get a picture because I want to prove that I saw somebody. Yeah. If I'm with someone, I don't get a picture because – I have them to corroborate that I saw. In fact, Saul said celebrity. That's kind of my rule of thumb. I, I encourage everyone to to do this because there's just too many cameras now and it just takes up too many people's time. Yeah.
1: Unless you're trying to take a picture of one of us and then just back off. Don't even try
2: <laughs> No, actually, Kent and I are fine, but do not try to take a picture of Brian. He will. Yeah. He's like Suge Knight. He'll break that. <laughs> <thing.
0: laughs> Rachel, so, r- remember when you were... Um... <laughs> Remember when you were watching the, the the film Wedding Crashers and you saw former Wham frontman George Michael in the theater?
2: <laughs> You're you are all, you. That's a no half joke. truth.
0: Yeah, it was dodgeball. Oh, it was dodgeball. Okay, it was, I was thinking Vince Vaughn. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah.
2: You were you were close. Yeah, it was. I sat next to. That's my greatest celebrity experience. I sat next to George Michael at uh, the Grapevine Hills uh, Theater with. um watch dodgeball that's a good one but then my coolest. Was a little one. weird when
1: he invited you to the bathroom though let's be honest. yeah
2: but hey hey i said i think it would be nice if i could touch your body
1: and sure <laughs> enough pull, pull the but, old popcorn uh,
2: trick there on are you. so yeah. many
1: people that listen to this podcast that do not get any of those references yeah at all. well there's no, no big lip biscuit fans because they made
2: that song legendary again uh, and everyone knows our spin-off Biscuit podcast. Um, yes, so then my coolest one was same was four seasons again, and uh was sitting there. And I don't know how I recognize her because I'm not like a huge fan, and, but she walked by and I, she has a very distinct face, you'll see in a minute and uh and when she went and looked out the balcony and she turned around and I think could see me kind of staring at her, uh my boss and I, and it was the it was Amy Schumer. Oh, so uh, breakout star yeah. of the summer, Amy Schumer. Yeah. And she saw us kind of like looking at her and came over and talked for a few minutes and was very lovely.
1: Could really? not have been.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Very, very, very. She uh, she was on message with the amount of alcohol she had taken in that night. She was yeah. um, her persona. She was living up to her persona. But uh, then I, I read th- this morning that it, I probably saw her 10 minutes after the train wreck premiere. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it had been a nerve wracking night. But she was very, very nice and very attractive in person. I must say, sure, and could not have been more pleasant. And uh, had a perfectly nice two-minute conversation with her, and, and moved on. But uh, that was my big celebrity spotting of the weekend. So I'm a, I'm a big fan now. I'm a big I'm on the you know I saw her stand up on the uh, night of Too Many Stars and thought it was actually really funny. And then partner that with with uh, this weekend. I am now I'm I'm driving the Amy Schumer bus. She was very, very nice. Very nice. I was hoping to see Bill Hader, but didn't get to.
0: Right. He may have been
1: disguised. You might not have been able to know. He was just
2: in full Carville
1: the whole weekend.
0: (laughs) Hard to believe that Hader and Forte are in the same two-mile vicinity of you, and you didn't somehow find I was
2: looking hard. It's Yeah, Hader dresses up as Carville and then just swims in the river. (laughs) (laughs) The
0: entire uh, time. So what, yeah. what's the buzz of, uh, coming out of Trainwreck? The Trainwreck or- was very in-
2: good. Yeah.
0: The buzz was huge on that.
2: It's not complete yet, but people really liked it. And then the other big buzz, guys, was Furious 7. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To so, be expected.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: I, yeah. I think Vin was in town, too. So just think about this, podcast listeners. I was probably within 500 yards of both Vin Diesel and Will Forte at the same time.
0: Man. Wow. And you didn't get one... Wacky I didn't get the z- liner. I didn't see I didn't get a liner. It was so
2: loud and crazy. Yeah. Every time I saw someone I thought would be a good liner. It was like a crazy crowded bar or something, but uh right. but uh I tried. But yeah. I did get uh
0: Robert Duval is coming on the podcast next week though. Super excited.
2: <laughs> we're actually gonna to- have to
0: bump him because we're talking okay. about insurgent. So no okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he's
2: a big Divergent series fan. Like that he <laughs> yeah. He
0: requested next week for a reason, right. Kent,
2: so yeah huge fans (laughs) and then Uh, tommy lee jones is on the next week to talk um well the the giver series
0: the uh the hit the giver Um, i might add not really
2: but yeah it was a fun that's always fun to go kind of celebrity spotting even though it wasn't really intentional I, i really was just kind of working but i just kept bumping into random people uh but it's a great time down there um it's it's so much going on. The music starts later this week, so there wasn't too much music going on, aside from you know the usual Austin stuff. But uh, really fun, fun weekend. And uh, yeah, we should we need to go down and do some shows live maybe next year.
0: Yeah, I thought fun. about. I've that. I've got a place yeah. we can stay. Yeah. It'd probably be it'd be easy and fun. We'd have, we could call a participating restaurant. Maybe a Mad About Movies listeners. If you are down in Austin and you know a place we could do a live podcast, hit us up and we could uh, maybe work. Work that out in future years. That'd be yeah. awesome. But yeah, it's uh, it's fun to see how how much bigger it's gotten every year. And uh, I believe Colin Hank's documentary about Tower Records premiered down there as well. Oh, so they they um, it's always the go to place to sort of launch a um, uh, a documentary. Yeah. Especially, I remember Sound City premiered there a couple of years ago. Always, I always look forward to hearing the buzz, and usually you get a good indication of what's going to be good and what sucks. Uh, coming out of South by. So sure. it's interesting here on, on train wreck. Cause I know Amy Schumer wrote the film, but it's uh, Judd Apatow directed it. Yeah. Uh, Judd Apatow, which I think will be good for on both it. of them. Yeah. No, I think for- she has some potential as a, at least a c- comedy writer. Uh, not sure about her leading woman potential, but I mean, yeah. who knows train wreck could be a huge movie. Uh, in the screenings I've been in where the, the trailer is played. It's played very well to the audiences that I've, been in there with, so... Yeah,
2: it's we'll a see. funny trailer. Yeah. And it's got LeBron in it, Yeah,
0: so. LeBron. LeBron not, might seal the deal, yeah.
2: <laughs> not just cameo. I mean, it looks like he is actually just in the movie. Yeah. I hope he gets a Golden Globe nom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, I would vote for him. Yeah, add to his trophy rack. It's, it's good that something goes his way for once. You know?
2: I know. It's it's like I said, it was great when Tom Brady finally won a Super Bowl this year. To see, some, see something go his way was nice.
0: <laughs> Guys, let's talk a little bit of movie news i guess uh, stuff that broke it within the past week uh we are the official podcast of star wars mm-hmm. um according to us anointed that uh by george lucas himself and it's and actually a cease and desist letter but uh that's <laughs> the point. uh we got all i know is that it said official podcast of star wars and was signed george, george lucas, lucas we yeah, didn't read exactly. the rest, right yeah that's all that matters uh, we got confirmation last week about a, some f- a few details on the upcoming Star Wars films. Uh, we know that Star Wars Episode Seven is making its way to theaters this December. And uh, before I go into these details, I just want to say it's kind of weird now that we're what nine months away from Star Wars Episode Seven, and all we've seen is a one minute teaser. Yeah. From it, uh, pretty crazy to think, and when, the only stills we've seen are stills from the actual one minute teaser. So I'm just wondering, maybe with Avengers: Age of Ultron, uh, when we're going to get a full length, at least two minute trailer. Not a two and a half minute. Maybe will be this summer, but I'm just wondering when more details are going to start coming out about about Episode Seven. We haven't got a plot synopsis or anything really at this point. So a little bit different release strategy than we've seen from Disney in years past. Usually a year beforehand, we'll get at least a uh, very abrupty. It is very Abramsy, but I'm surprised Disney's not trying to at least ramp this up a little bit. I mean, they probably know it's going to be the like biggest movie of all time because it probably will be. They're not worried about its, its box office numbers, but I'm just surprised they're not trying to stir the pot a little bit and throw, you know, maybe a screenshot of Harrison Ford as Han Solo out there. You know, you don't have to give a lot away. Just give us a little bit of teasers here and there. Um, but you know, really, honestly, that one-minute trailer is all I needed to see for me to be completely all in on what, yeah, on what they're totally doing. I
2: totally get that they need to put out maybe a little more marketing material, but I'm gonna try to avoid it.
1: Same. I want to see a trailer, but like any, I see we three haven't even times gotten a day. poster yet. I know, I, and I'll do a poster's fine. But like, I see three times a day somebody posts some kind of blog about. Rumors about the Star Wars movies, or something like that, and I, I will avoid it at all costs. I yeah. want to know as little as possible going in. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm sorry I'm about just, those posts. Right, that's yeah. fine. Look, <laughs> you got you got to get those clicks. I get it. It's fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, J.J. Abrams made a Star Wars movie, and
0: you won't believe what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> those aren't annoying at all. all those types of. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I feel the same way. I'm going to avoid it too. But I'm just that was just a general observation on. Just, it's surprising that we haven't seen more. Uh, whether I look at it or not, it's surprising it's not even out there. Uh, but we do have some details on the upcoming Star Wars films that will follow Episode 7. Uh, the first of which is a standalone film directed by Godzilla director, Gareth Edwards. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And And uh, this will star, which was revealed, it will star Theory of Everything female lead Felicity Jones. And the film is called confirmed by Disney rogue one. I'm assuming this is going to be some sort of X-Wing squadron uh, backstory. Uh, You know, the rumor was for a while, at least when it was announced that Boba Fett was going to get a standalone first. And uh, this rogue one, which was called red five, uh, the working title was going to be the one that comes after episode eight. So they're going to do episode seven, then Rogue One, then episode eight, and then another standalone, and then episode nine. So they have those booked so far. We still don't know what episode nine is going. I mean, what the uh, what the film after episode eight and before episode nine is going to be right. uh, about. Uh, we can assume episode eight will follow the events of episode seven and so on. So I guess uh, Brian Gill, maybe some excitement for Rogue One confirmed now. That's uh, only. I guess, a year away at this point. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's pretty close. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've already got my Rogue One tattoo uh, <laughs> ready to go.
0: I'm excited. It's going to be interesting to see if um, maybe Oscar Isaac is in Rogue One because we know yeah. he's playing an X-Wing pilot in, in Episode 7. It's going to be interesting to see if they go in a different direction, if this is a total independent film or if this is at all... Um, trailing on the uh, events of episode seven. So I'm interested to see that.
1: Yeah. I mean, the safe money is on they'll all kind of interconnect in some way or another, because that's what we've done with, uh, with Marvel. So I would assume that, I mean, maybe we'll be proven wrong, but, but I think the safe money is on that.
0: Yeah. And we have a release date confirmed for star Wars episode eight title unconfirmed at this point. And uh, it will be written and directed by Ryan Johnson, Which was a rumor, I guess, or rumbling at one point. We had discussed this in the past, but it has now been officially confirmed by uh, Bob Iger uh, of Disney. And uh, it's coming to theaters May 26th, 2017. So a little interesting there to see them going with a Christmas release here and uh, a May summer release uh, for episode eight. Mm -hmm. I think initially, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think initially... Uh, the date was in May for Episode 7, but J.J. Abrams convinced him to push it back to Christmas to give him more time.
1: Yeah, I think I that's remember. accurate. I, yeah. I feel like maybe that was never like specifically announced or anything, but that was kind of the general assumption, if nothing else, that J.J. Uh, said, we want to take our time and do this right, and so on and so forth.
0: Like I said, we're we're nine months away from Episode 7. So can we still confirm, guys, nine months away that Star Wars is still the most anticipated film for us of 2015? Of
1: Maybe ever for you, Ryan? Uh, I mean, <laughs> probably. Like, the only thing, honestly, and I, I may have said this before. The only thing that kind of comes close to my anticipation for this movie was Phantom Menace. Because that was, right. I was, you know, a thousand percent. I don't know. Little fans. Black
2: Book with Brittany Murphy. You were pretty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I remember <laughs> you had a good, you had a good count, a calendar cross out going for
1: that. Just a big Britney Murphy fan, guys. <laughs> Just clueless all the way. Um, yeah, <laughs> eight <laughs> no, mile. I, I can't, yes, gosh.
0: what happens in Vegas? Go ahead,
2: <laughs> you're listening to the cast. <laughs> your number one Britney Murphy podcast resource.
1: Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, Ken. I don't know if I've ever. If I've ever anticipated a movie more than this, maybe like Jurassic Park when I was a little kid, because that was huge, yeah, yeah, huge, huge, huge. But certainly in my adult life, I've never been more excited for a movie than I am this. The, the one that comes closest in my adult life that I'd forgotten is The Hobbit, because I love uh-huh. The Hobbit yeah. so much, and I uh, was super stoked about that first movie. Yeah, you said Firefly.
0: you 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 said you cried and when you watch the episode 7 trailer for the first time
1: I did I did yeah, I was I, I was watching it with my son and uh my kid by the way is super into Star Wars right now which is the greatest thing ever uh we watched it together over snow day and he's got uh, I bought him a, a couple of like uh Star Wars books like uh yeah colors and shapes and numbers and things like that and he he's obsessed and he just he knows character names and all kinds of ridiculous. And so I, uh, I I was a little concerned that he wasn't my child at first, uh, <laughs> but uh, that that's been put to put to rest at this point. You've definitely made sure he's going to be popular now, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Locked down with the
2: ladies. <laughs> no one ever Star of, Wars character. <laughs> tons of friends. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> that's cool, man. He'll he might be old enough to see. The new one in the in the theater with you, and like, yeah, c- cool. kind of understand who the characters are, like R two D two, and
1: Hopefully.
2: yeah, or that. just be terrified
0: and ruin it, and make you,
2: yeah, leave. It could be, I mean, it could be
1: that. yeah. <laughs> Either way, it's fine. Yeah,
0: but yeah. they just go really dark with with Episode Seven. Yeah. It's just a horror movie. <laughs> just <laughs> that will be Brian funny.
2: just nerd
0: rages out. Yeah, Brian like hates <laughs> horror movies, and he just like. <laughs> sprints out of the theater, bawling his eyes out. Like,
1: what have you done? They've ruined it. I knew it couldn't be better. It was
2: going to be Episode nine, day. directed by Eli Roth.
0: John Carpenter, Star Wars. Um, I, I would probably agree with you, Brian, about anticipation level for it. But the more I see these Tomorrowland trailers, yeah. the more I'm getting really, really excited for Tomorrowland. It could be the surprise hit of the year. Uh at least like I believe that some, was
2: my number one most anticipated fellas. Was it? I believe I had that Still I don't
0: remember what mine was, honestly. Star Wars
2: or Mar- or Avengers
0: too. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. Tammy 2. <laughs> That's next year. I've already got it marked down. <laughs> uh by the way, by Tam- the
1: way, signing in to uh HBO Go today. Yeah, I was, I- so
0: I was about to say <laughs> front and center is a picture yeah. of Tammy.
2: I heard Tammy 2 is just her trying to climb the Rocky stairs for an hour and a half and just (laughs) continually getting about a third of the way up and then falling down them. It's just that scene from Rocky for an hour and a half, but a lot of falls. So I'm fired up.
0: Speaking of TV guys, I just want to ask real quick before we move on and talk uh, about Kenneth Branagh's Cinderella. What have y'all been watching uh, television wise? We haven't talked TV in, in a little bit. So I just want to ask you, Brian, Mm -hmm. um, how is the odd couple?
1: Uh, not good. <laughs> not good at all. Obviously, is it canceled even, yet? No, I think it's doing halfway decent. So it may oh, get, good. it may get a little bit of run. I'll say this about the odd couple. It has, um, the odd couple can work even in 2015. I think, I, I don't know that it can be, it's never going to be something that is going to be on the par of, uh, you know, the, the show, the sitcoms that we like, like Parks and Rec and, uh, The Office and so on and so forth. But I watched the pilot and I think I watched one more episode and I feel like you can see where that it could be not just successful, but at least kind of decent. Uh, I I, I, I mean, I think everybody likes Matthew Perry and yet every single show he's ever on just just tanks really bad in the the back half of its first season. I think we
2: all like Chandler Bing. I'm not sure we all like Matthew Perry.
1: You you say that, but like
0: obviously you didn't watch Goon. Richard Goon <laughs> yeah. was really good.
2: I watched. Uh, oh, I already forgot what it's called. The one where he's like in group therapy.
1: That's Goon. Goon. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's right. I missed Goon. Okay, I didn't catch it. I thought Goon was a real <laughs> show that I just missed completely.
0: <laughs> no, he did another one
1: that wasn't Mr. Sunshine. Mr.
0: Sunshine. Mr. Sunshine. Oh, that's gosh. the one I was thinking of. Oh man.
1: I think I've watched every show that he's done post Friends, and I kind of liked all of them. I mean, again, there none of them have been parks and rec or something that i love but as far as just like this isn't a bad 30 minutes all of them pretty solid and they all all died in in the first season but yeah,
0: i think goon lasted like a season and a half maybe i know I it lasted it, it only longer than only got one I thought season it
1: but it got a full season yeah i got a
0: full season order i remember yeah. that you're right yeah uh but i've always liked uh tom lennon mm. and uh current o'malley tom lennon yeah and he's uh He's always been hilarious to me. Literally, in, in almost everything he's done, I, I really enjoy his his work. But my complaint with with The Odd Couple, and I said this to you when it premiered. I said both of the, the both of those characters should be playing Felix.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like
0: they're all they're both like really clean cut guys, right. and Matthew Perry is just like, well, I guess I'll grow some stubble and I'll play yeah, that's Oscar. For sure. You know, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally. uh that's just that was my one complaint. Like when I heard. I you know, saw the headline, Matthew Perry has been cast in a reboot of the odd couple. I was like, Oh, I'd make a great Felix. Sure. And then I see Tom Lennon has been cast as Felix in the Odd Couple. I was like, What? Yeah. Absolutely. Um. But
1: that no, yeah. I, I watched a couple episodes and said, This is not good. It's it's probably not ever gonna get good, but it was enough for me to say, you know, I might come back at the beginning of the second season and just see if it's kind of figured itself out. But then right, I'm that's biased that's- just because I, I I loved the odd couple, like the Yes know, in all of its iterations up to this point, really.
0: Same, yeah. All I've really been watching is my normal shows, uh, Walking Dead. Mm. Uh, really, I've been uh, keeping up with that. The Americans, of course, and yeah. I've really kept up with Forte's newest effort, The Last Man on Earth. So good. I, I don't know if y'all have kept up with it at least I'm one episode last... behind. I'll walk okay. Same, I'll watch I haven't seen
1: Sundays either. Well,
0: uh, this past week, uh, it went from really, really good show to incredible show, like it takes a turn that is uh so genius and it's really forte getting into his element now and um i'm just excited for y'all to catch up and see it but i want to say to the listener uh it's only like four episodes in at this point you have time uh if you have fox on demand or something like that you can catch up and uh you know catch the rest of season 1 it's it's freaking great and uh
2: january jones
0: yeah and it's it's amazing that it's on network television because Rarely, stuff that creative and out there is does well in net- network TV. I don't know how well it's doing. I assume pretty good. I knew th- I know the um, I know the premiere episode did quite well, but I'm not sure uh, anything else. But you know, it's it's funny to see created by Will Forte like that was all him yeah. that came up with it, pitched it, and and got it made. So good for him. We want the best Forte, more Fortes, uh, yeah. all the
2: best it, for everybody. Unfortunately, it's getting less and less likely he'll appear on the show.
0: Yeah,
1: that's. that's Kent, are you still watching uh, Better Call Saul? Uh,
0: you know what? I, I probably saw the first three episodes. I haven't caught up there. I think there's five now at this point. Uh, yeah, but I really, really liked the first three.
1: I and love that show, man. Yeah, it's, I, I'm live. I caught all the way up up to tonight's episode. Uh, and I had, I think I had five on my DVR, and so I think there's six episodes. It but, has
0: Breaking Bad potential. It's uh, fantastic. It's, it's
1: really good, and it makes me feel dumb for kind of doubting it in the beginning because yeah. Odenkirk is great and they figured out how to use that character so well. Uh, and, and having Mike on the show really, really adds a lot to it as
0: well. Uh, but I have Brian, you'll be happy to hear this too, Richard. I have started my parks and recreation binge.
1: Yes. And Ooh.
0: I am on midway through season three now Yes, and enjoying it a lot. And just one observation I'll say Beginning of season three, they really stopped relying on just Amy Poehler and Aziz, yes. <laughs> which is good. Uh, really, all I felt that it, it could offer in the first two seasons was Poehler being uh, being Poehler and Aziz being Aziz. Yeah, and you know, uh, season three has a lot more Ron Swanson already in the first half, mm-hmm. so that's always good. But really enjoying it so far, and it's getting better. Uh, I will admit, I don't think it. I was as all in. On it as I was, say The Office or Thirty Rock, like right from the beginning. But it's growing on me uh, more and more each day, and you know I can see where it's going to go. And yeah, um, you know I've got four more seasons now after this to uh, let it uh, simmer and all that. But really, really liking it, and I just wanted to let y'all know that I'm getting there, and I know y'all would be happy about that.
1: It's awesome. We're very right on the cusp of it breaking out into just into an all time great show. Like three, four, and five. Season three, four, Mm -hmm. and five are just. Once they kind of assimilate uh, Rob Lowe and yeah. Adam Scott yeah. into the cast, it it just takes off. It's so good. And I'll also say this: like I don't think there's ever been a sitcom that has allowed its characters to grow the way that, that Parks and Rec does. And so it, all those characters just change and adapt and do all the stuff that like real humans do. And yeah. so it may, even the it makes it even better than The Office on on a lot of fronts.
0: Just one one highlight so far is when Aziz and and Leslie Knope, uh, Amy Poehler, are judges at the uh, Miss Pawnee Uh pageant, and Aziz is just like hitting on the hottest girl and trying to convince all the judges to pick the hot one. (laughs) (laughs) That is that was hilarious, and um, you know I I really. I've really enjoyed it so yeah. far. So.
1: Yeah. Have you seen Flu Season yet where they all get the flu? Yeah. Yeah, caught. I'm on that right now. Man, I Our friend Jason will will tell you that's the best episode of the show and I it's it's hard to fight against. Like Roblo looking into the mirror and telling himself, <laughs> "Stop pooping." is one of the funniest <laughs> yeah. things ever.
0: Roblo is getting into American Treasure <laughs> status. Oh, he's like, amazing. Yeah. He's getting there with the DirecTV commercials he's been doing. Yeah. And the self awareness he's shown in the past right. few the f- years. The first DirecTV commercial
2: was kind of an eye roller. And then they just keep yeah doing it and they just get funnier as it goes. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Totally. Uh once he gets uh to that um crosses that threshold of twenty five years in the business, <laughs> yeah. Uh he'll be in. He might be over fifty though. We'll have to look into that. I mean, he he looks, looks fantastic. He looks twenty-five, he's a, f- so. He's a vampire.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no doubt in my mind. Him and Prince are both from some sort of vampire dimension. Convinced of
0: them. <laughs> Speaking of vampire dimensions, let's move on and let's talk of Cinderella. Salagadoula Melchicka pool of bibity
2: bobbity. Put them together and what have you got? Bippity bobbity. Salagadoula.
0: Before we talk specifics about this film I just want to talk a little bit about some of the films that were previewed beforehand uh, I'm not sure what was in y'all's screenings but I just want to, to mention some of the films that were um, previewed here for me one of those being Despicable Me spinoff Minions and I could not be less excited about a film <laughs> this year Maybe Smurfs three, or if they did a <laughs> if they did like a Smurf spinoff called like Papa's <laughs> Papa Smurf's Family or something, you know? Just uh, Smurf, I I don't know how Smurfette and Co. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that would be Katy Perry, so that'd be fine. I don't know how anyone can sit through ninety minutes of Minions.
1: Just kids love it, man. Kids, uh, I know kids it. love That's,
0: it. I know yeah. like two year olds love it, but how any parent could sit through it just <laughs> I'll baffles get back to July. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't speak and they're just talking gibberish and I thought we had enough minions. Like the only thing that have, the only things that have come out of Despicable Me 1 and 2 is the minions. Like I'm pretty sure no one cares about Gru at all. <laughs> and uh, you know, every parent that buys their kid a Despicable Me toy is buying them a minion not a Gru toy, because it looks disturbing, and he looks like he's going to haunt your kids at night or something, and they're going to mistake him for the boogeyman or something like that. But uh, not excited for Minions at all. The trailer looks meh, and it's an inevitable sequel. I hope it flops as bad as uh, Penguins from Madagascar flopped this past year, uh, because it flopped big. But I doubt it. I bet it'll be big. It's just It's just sad that I had to even sit through the trailer. So, <laughs> Sorry, listeners, don't expect a Minions podcast coming uh, later this summer. Hopefully not. Uh, I'd rather do a throwback at that point in time. But uh, the Inside Out trailer was fantastic. The new oh, Pixar movie. was
1: so good i I can just already tell you I'm gonna ball my eyes out during that movie. It's just like even the trailers kind of make me emotional i can't I don't know what the deal is, with
0: yeah, that. half the shots of the trailer is just like the family of three like hugging you know it's like <laughs> yeah, okay, I yeah. know where this is gonna go, and it's Gosh, gonna be sad. Yeah. I just wanna set up this screening for you guys and say, this is one of the worst screenings I've attended because I was mm-hmm. sitting next to one of the most obnoxious over laughers. In the history of mankind i don 't under like i don't understand some people's sense of humor, and that's yeah. just something I should get out of the way i can 't believe we haven't talked more about that on on this podcast, but i just don't i just don't understand how how you can find um, some things funny that you find funny um, and so I had a bitter taste in my mouth going through this screening uh, we first got. Before Cinderella started, we got a Frozen short film.
1: Yeah, that was Called bad.
0: Frozen Fever. And boy did the overlaugher love that one. <laughs> oh, just killed it. Is it time to just like enough Frozen? Just They announced just, Frozen 2 last week. Just
2: hold on. Just let it go, guys. <laughs> yes. Got him. Got him. Classic.
0: Yeah, two stars that. We <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Enough Frozen. I, I'm i under the impression, and I think I put it on the record here on the show, Frozen might be the most overrated film maybe in the past 25 years. I don't understand why people are just obsessed with Frozen. I found it well, to be very generic <laughs> and just... We know who is so... Brian. Uh, I found it to no, be... No, but better. Oh, Someone yeah. else very close to our hearts. I found it to be mention. one of the more hey, all we have to do is write a couple of catchy songs and boom, Disney movie. You know, it just, I just don't care. And, you know, at least I feel like Toy Story had something to offer as far as originality. And I feel like The Lion King had a story that we could care about. I just don't care about a princess who shoots ice out of her hands. Like, what is that? I don't know. Brian, please talk me off the ledge on Frozen if you can.
1: No, I thought Frozen was good. It's certainly not anything that's like extremely unique or original. It's not Toy Story. It definitely belongs in the Disney vault, not the Pixar vault, I guess. But that's not a bad thing. I I thought the songs were were decent. It had a. I thought the characters were fine, but I will say this: I saw it before it blew up, and I think you had the misfortune. It's it's, yeah, Frozen
0: hipster. Talk about pretentious.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm I'm an original Frozen guy. Yeah, I liked him before it was cool, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had my Olaf hat like way before <laughs> anyone else. No, I, I, I think first, it's but... natural for if you if you see something after it gets big, you you naturally or when not just big, but everyone in the world is just going crazy about it, it's natural to go in with a little bit of uh, angst or, or doubt about it, I guess. And I didn't have to go through that. So, um, but I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. And, you know, it would say, it was a quality kids film. You're, I mean, it's, I, I'm tired of it now because it's gotten so big that you, you kind of can't, it, it's gotten to the point where even jokes about it are, are just as annoying as, as the thing is itself, you know? Cause unless it's just they're so brilliant funny. and visionary. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, unless unless it Richard's go joke. doing
0: yeah, sure.
1: No, uh, so, but you know, I think it's fine.
0: Yeah. One of my biggest problems is parents who are like, my kids will not stop singing Let It Go. Well, maybe you should not show your kids Frozen every single day. How about that? Yeah. You definitely have control over what but then they're watching. To parent. <laughs> then they would have to actually parent. You're right. That must be unfortunate. My kid won't stop playing the Frozen iPad game. Well, maybe you should not buy your two year old an iPad. How about that? <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I had to sit through a frozen little uh, thing, but on we are to to Cinderella. And you know what? Let me just get my initial thoughts uh, out of the way here and say I'm not going to have much to say on this film. Not a lot to break down here uh, other than some performances and directing job and, and uh, what they've done with the property and all that. But literally, this is exactly what I expected from this. Sure. Uh, Like, to the T, if you were to tell me when I was little, hey, they're going to make a live-action version of Cinderella someday, this is exactly what I would picture in my mind it being, minus the songs. Um, And uh, that's a kind of part of the discussion is uh, why they chose for this not to be a musical. But exactly what I thought it would be, basically just made a live-action version of the... Uh, 1950 Disney animated film, which is perfectly fine, uh, but my initial thoughts are exactly what I expected. Not really more. Didn't really push any boundaries at all. Uh, like I feel some of the other Disney live action stuff has, you know, taken some liberties creatively, and so that's my general thoughts. Um, Richard, general yeah. thoughts. Yeah, you know,
2: there's there's a few things, and I, I kind of see. I see what you're saying, definitely, Kent, about um it's 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 a little bit formulaic but it's a, i think it's formula that works and and look in, in a day and age where everything is the the darker version of you know the the snow white and the huntsman and the maleficent and you know it's sometimes you're just like okay easy there everyone's frank miller all of a sudden or uh we get it it's a, it's a fairy tale i kind of like that this was a little more on the nose as just a fairy tale movie than some of the other stuff we've got in the last few years, uh, just because it was a, quite frankly, a, a fresh, a, a breath of fresh air rather, because everything now has this weird, you know, kind of Burton-esque quality or everyone's trying to make like, let's make the Christopher Nolan version of, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And, uh, not everything. Sometimes things can be fluffy and pretty and, uh, for kids. And so uh, I I certainly liked kind of the tone of this just because it was different. Though because of that, I'm not necessarily the target demo, but I can definitely appreciate it. I would be a lot more cool with this um, or fine with this if it didn't waste a year and a half or two years of Kenneth Branagh, who I think makes pretty good blockbuster films and can do some interesting stuff. It's a guy that made... Thor really an interesting, fun movie, and we saw what Thor 2 was without him. Yeah, And so, like, the fact that he basically just made a Disney paint-by-numbers, this is like, that's fine. If it was any, like, a kind of no-name director, like, I'd be like, well, if they did a good job, it's a live-action Disney cartoon come to life. But since it's him, you you kind of like, I wish it had been a little bit more, but, uh, or he had done something else instead of this where he could actually have a little more creative input, but uh it's a really well made movie though it's it's definitely uh the production design Kate Blanchett is uh wonderful and her costumes are even more wonderful and uh there's a lot to enjoy uh but it, it feels like a really good uh you know like traveling play that would come play at you know the the fair or something then there it's fun to look at and fun to sit there but uh you don't really think about it ever again.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I was actually really surprised by Lily James. I thought she did a fantastic job as Ella or Cinderella. And I wasn't really familiar with with her work. I don't really watch Downton Abbey, but I'm familiar with who she is, and I'm looking forward to seeing her and more stuff. I thought the casting of her was pretty spot on. Um, It's interesting to note, uh, who else was uh, under consideration for that role? so a pleasant surprise there uh was Lily James. Brian, what are your general thoughts
1: yeah i don't uh i don't like this trend this uh live action fairy tale bit that said i can 't at all blame Disney or anyone else for taking advantage of it because they pretty much all make a lot of money. I think Alice in Wonderland is a horrible movie and it is one of the uh highest grossing films ever so uh, this is not a trend that I'm a fan of and I don't know that we the three of us are the target audience for this movie either but that said like I think it's it's easily the best movie from this this run of uh live action fairy tales and that whole that whole bit uh it's I was I was surprised not by how good it was, but I I was surprised with the acting because I thought all the acting was really good, Mm -hmm. and that has been something that's missing from uh, most of these movies because I think you guys have both kind of touched on it, but it is pretty paint by numbers. And when you are doing a paint by numbers movie, it's really easy for your actors to stop acting because it doesn't you know they get they they sense that it's formulaic and they know that they don't have to put their best effort in uh, and, and it'll still be a successful movie and no one will really even look at it. Even if it's uh, a bust or it's not a good movie, no one will really put that on the negatives on their resume, you know, cause it's just such an easy thing to do. But I thought all of these, all of the actors did a really good job. And I also was impressed with Lily James. I thought she uh, brought a lot to the role that it could have been a very vacant sort of, acting performance, and, and instead she really tried to, I thought, brought, brought a lot of life to it. Blanchett's always fantastic. I was really impressed with Richard Madden, who I've only seen in, in uh, Game of Thrones up to this point, but I always thought he was pretty good in that. But, but he he really did some real acting here, uh, in in a, again what could have been a very throwaway sort of uh, sort of role. So I was impressed by that. I thought the production design and the costume design was was fantastic as well. Like a lot. Uh, yeah, Oscar they, quality, I would say absolutely, was. Yeah. yeah, absolutely agree. And and they could have. That's another part where you could have seen – like they could have punted on that because yeah. it's so easy to do. And I think that goes to show how great Kenneth Branagh is as, as, as a director uh, because this is a really well-made movie. And <laughs> even if it's not something that really truly appeals to me or like I said is even a, a genre that I'm a fan of, um, it's easy to recognize – When there's, when there's really good film, filmmaking at work. And, and you can see that throughout. There's no laziness. He's a great director, yeah. And uh, I don't think I realized how good he was until until Thor. Yeah, which me either. Makes makes me a you know an American swine or whatever. But no, uh, I mean,
2: he had only but, really done like kind of like you know interpretations Mary of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and stuff. And
1: stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
2: Interpretations of literature, which were, some of those are good, but they're really actors' pieces. They're not really totally. directors' pieces. So like Thor was kind of mind blowing to me, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of him as a blockbuster director. I, I, I I'm hoping people give him some some awesome totally. properties
1: yeah so i think to sum that up i feel like you can see you can tell that kenneth brannock had a, had uh control over this process and that he really honestly he went out of his way to make it better than it had to be in order to be successful like this movie was gonna make it made 67 million dollars its opening weekend it'll probably end up what would you say 250 300 million here yeah. plus plus worldwide so it's probably going to grow 600 or 700 million when it's all said and done you could probably have disney crap that out and this movie out and it would still make maybe not quite that much money but a lot of money uh and instead he really i feel like you can tell he really did everything he could to make it not only a cash grab but an actual really good movie and that's that's great because that does not happen with this genre, to me. No. Like this, this genre, this genre, along with most of the the YA uh, adapted from books genre, is like, look, we're just gonna throw some crap on screen and it'll make enough money that we'll pay for five other movies. So who cares if it's good or not? I mean, it's, it's Twilight, uh, Divergent, Insurgent, all these movies. It's just, you know, they're not really trying to make a good movie. They're trying to make money. And I, I feel like you definitely can sense in this one that. The effort was there to make a great movie. Yeah, the
2: screenwriting uh, effort may not have been there.
1: That's yeah, mean. I think there's some scripting issues. Um, and and there's some it's not pacing, it's it's tone. There's some tone tonal issues at, at times. Like it, it's there are moments that are re- really goofy, but they feel a little bit out of place uh with, with the rest yeah. of them. Not that this movie's dark in any way, but it doesn't have a goofy fairy tale kind of feel to it. And then you get these random moments that pop up like that, that uh, kind of, for me at least, like kind of took me out of the moment and threw well, me off a little bit.
2: This is the screenwriter of Rogue
0: One.
1: Oh, is it? I yeah. had no idea. I, uh, Chris, well, Chris Weitz. Chris yeah.
0: Whites, who wrote Cinderella, who started his his screenwriting career with 1998's oh, yeah. Ants, the superior yeah. uh, bug-related CGI film <laughs> that He did make about a boy, year. though. He did make and up. also Nutty Never Professor 2, The Clumps, which was a gem. I'm surprised <laughs> he ever got work again after The Golden Compass in 07. This is his That's first true. movie since then. That's well, So, so okay. to come back eight years later and uh, do Cinderella and have it be success and then land <laughs> Rogue One. Yeah. Is uh, pretty impressive, I will say, for a screenwriting it, perspective.
2: Brando coming off Shadow Recruit, kind of a bounce back for him, too. Why doesn't that true. work? I, forgot about
0: that. I mean, it's weird that that didn't work. I think the title turned a lot of people off, maybe. Yeah, but
2: it just, I it, it was a it.
0: January not- release, too, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it's not good. Like, it's not just like unsuccessful. It's just like kind of a failure of a movie. And I, the parts are all really good yeah. to me.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with the Jack Ryan character. I, I've always liked that. But I agree. It's Jack Baldwin. It's got old Jack Ryan. Oh, I would be down. It's got some uh, scripting issues. You're right. It it sort of straddles the line between serious uh, Game of Thrones or or Downton Abbey and just cartoony, mm-hmm. like we saw with the Tim Burton films. Uh, yeah. it, it it sort of struggled to to find its tone in in that regard. Helena Bottom
2: comes in and brings in the. Cartoon.
0: I could not believe. Helena showed up in this movie. I was like, surely they're they're gonna make a live action Disney movie where she's not gonna be. There. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> yeah, there she is. Fairy the godmother. weird part
2: is who was Helena Bottom Carter married to before Tim Burton, who she recently split with?
0: Uh, she I know she had an affair with Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh.
2: They were married or, as well. Were
0: they? Okay.
1: Yeah,
2: I think he left Emma Thompson for her.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: Well, and before so, that,
1: it was it was uh, still in Skarsgård. So it's really weird. We're just going down the I'm fight. just kidding. I have no idea.
0: It was. <laughs> no, it's, uh, still in Skarsgård, I know, has worked with her in the past. but uh, So interesting to note that – My leading lady is on this? Hannah the bottom corner? You Your leading lady, Haley Atwell, I thought. She is. <laughs> she is in this film. It's interesting to note that uh, Emma Watson was offered the role of Cinderella but turned it down only to accept the role of Belle – in the Beauty and the Beast live-action film that's coming up <laughs> in the next uh, two Probably years. Probably a
2: better fit for her, quite frankly.
0: Honestly, yeah.
2: That's going to be huge. Oh, I think yeah. people RH have much more of an attachment to Beauty and the Beast than Cinderella. That's going to make Buku's, my friends. Especially uh, with her. That's going
0: to be big, yeah, with her. Um, and this is a discussion I guess we can have now about sort of where they're going with these live-action uh, reboots It was announced last week that Tim Burton would be helming a Dumbo live action reboot, and I was just thinking to myself, I can list at least fifteen movies I would rather see Disney reboot than Dumbo. I mean honestly, uh Dumbo's fine, but can we get a little mermaid like reboot? you know, can <laughs> we get Aladdin um I mean there are there's more interesting stuff you can do. Than Dumbo. And I know he's going to try and go all political animal rights on us and stuff, and just Johnny Depp in like a elephant costume and Helen no, Bottom Carter. Yeah, he plays Carter, the crow. Yeah. Helen Bottom Carter with like fake I elephant studied ears. studied with
2: the crow in there. Castle of the Little Ranger.
0: But I mean, that doesn't excite me at all. Like, do, no. Does it to you at all? I mean, Dumbo, guys. Would you? I will
1: never get excited about any movie in this genre. Just straight up, it's just not. It does not appeal to me in the slightest.
2: Unless they do live action, Great Mouse Detective.
1: Well, that's a given. I mean, With just
2: two mice. <laughs>
1: yeah, or live action, The Black Cauldron, or something. <laughs> it's it's, it's... Like the most obscure Disney movie ever. <laughs> Let's guess
0: whose favorite that is.
1: Peace. The Black Cauldron is great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't, I'm a Sword in the Stone fan, actually.
1: Yeah, dude, I watched the Sword in the Stone with uh, my kid the other day, and he could not care less. Like, yeah. he was totally checked out. I know,
0: that's how I felt when I was a kid, that's why I said that. <laughs> I'm a rescuers down under kind of guy. Hey, I good night, like, mate. That's one of the more underrated films, <laughs> and animation-wise. I want to comment on the production design, Ryan. It was good yeah. to see actual sets here. I thought they were fantastic. Yes. You know, a lot of the criticism from these past films is literally in, uh, in in Alice in Wonderland, it's just them standing in front of a green screen. Like, the, you, you see pictures from the making of, and, like, that's what it is, is Johnny Depp standing in front of a, in a giant green room. And you can tell. I mean, you can tell when physical objects are used here. I thought the liberties that they took with Playing off of the original Cinderella were good. For example, uh, the dresses were all sort of the same as the original. Uh, you know, costume design was sort of like a live action version of what we saw in the original. But I will say, my favorite part of this movie was the stepsisters. And I thought they were very well cast and uh, well played by Sophie McShera and Holiday Granger. And uh, so originally, Lily James auditioned for one of the stepsisters but I'm glad she ended up being Cinderella but I thought the Kate Blanchett stepmother and the stepsisters was very well executed
2: Kate Blanchett is killing it lately man she she's, is she's definitely. like at a whole nother level of killing it she can't take her eyes off her she's got this
0: weird star power now as she gets older it's awesome she is good and it's also interesting to note that uh, f- who auditioned for the role of Cinderella we had Imogen Poots we had also uh, the one and only Margot Robbie auditioned Ooh. for Cinderella. So uh, I would have been in favor of that.
1: Of <laughs> yeah, put me down in that camp.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, really this is just, uh, you know, the cartoon but with people. I mean, I can't say that they took much many liberties with the storyline. I, I mean, y'all are going to hate me, but at least with something like uh, Maleficent, or Alice in Wonderland, or even Oz the Great and Powerful—they at least try and tell more of the story than we already know, and yeah. so I could admire that about those movies. Uh, maybe to tell a little bit more of the backstory about why things happen the way they happen in the cartoon version. So I like that about those, and they in Alice in Wonderland you can tell Tim Burton was just like, "I'm gonna get as high as I can and make this movie," you know, like it's make just as an all as I can. yeah, and it's just a, an all out, like, mind trip, you know, and, uh, and I don't think it was meant to be really anything more than that. And this, uh, you know, it stuck to the script, uh, so to speak. It gave us what we wanted. It gave us enough, uh, callback to the original, but also, I guess, gave us more, uh, to like with this. But it was, uh, you know, I was going into this wondering how they were going to play on the, you know, the mice and, uh, uh, fairy godmother, how they were going to do the whole transformation into Cinderella bit uh, in live action, whether they were going to make that too cartoony or what. How did you guys feel that that was executed? Uh, the uh, I guess that transformation sequence, to be specific.
1: It was a little silly, but that it's not so much that scene that's the problem. It's It's just that the rest of the movie, up to that point, didn't have much silliness in it. Does that make sense? Like it, yeah. it just, yeah, exactly. It just kind of. I thought that that was perfect for that scene, but but the way to com- the to complement that is just to kind of add a little bit more of that flavor, I guess, throughout the movie, and that would have right. I think that would have made that not quite stick out so badly.
0: No, I agree. It was kind of out of place, and it. I mean, the guy transforming into the lizard and the duck and back and yeah. forth was kind of a lot for me. I it's been a a little bit since I've seen the uh, the cartoon version, but I don't I don't remember if that's exactly how it happened in the the cartoon. Uh, did you get to watch it beforehand, uh, Brian? Oh,
1: uh, I haven't seen the cartoon in in a, at least a decade, but I don't think it was quite that uh, goofy. Like that, all of Helena Bonham Carter's stuff was was a little bit much for me. Like a little a little bit on the too far on the silly side. For this, for what had happened up to that point, again.
0: I was just wondering how they were going to modernize this, and I was hoping Exhibit would come out and do a whole. <laughs> You've officially been pimped. Go ride, yeah. <laughs> Sequence, uh, would have been funny, but it uh, didn't happen. <laughs> uh, you know, one little complaint, and this is stupid. I mean, I, I realize this is a fairy tale, but I mean, did did the prince not look at her face? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You know, like, how do you not recognize her at all when she's not uh, Cinderella Princess in the castle?
1: Yeah. Uh, when they're home. That's a problem with that story as a whole. Yeah. not With this movie. Yeah. I've, I, I, you, even as a kid, I felt that way. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you could just look at her face.
0: Yeah. I mean, how can you not? I mean, this is, it just takes us to a whole other level with live action. You know, you, those, mm. you can't take those liberties so much with live action. I, I wonder why, why Kenneth Branagh didn't address that more in the movie. You know, I thought they were going to do it when, you know, the whole clock strikes midnight thing, and I thought maybe her appearance was going to change more, like like she was going to be uglier, and then maybe make her like prettier through CGI or something like that. But you know, really didn't happen. She just had a different hairdo and like a different gown on, yeah. Uh, and it's it's sort of the whole uh, why can't Lois Lane recognize Superman? All he's wearing his glasses. You know, <laughs> I always hated that, and this is sort of the same deal, but with Cinderella. So. Um, there's not a lot of spoilers to go over, guys. I mean, this is the basic Cinderella story here. Like I said, yeah. they don't really go uh, much further into it than I uh, would have hoped or liked. But it was good to see, sort of like Richard said, a just generic fairy tale movie and not like a uh, cloudy fairy tale movie. Yeah. Um, hey,
2: seriously, I mean,
1: there's nothing yeah, totally. special
2: about it, but it's just like... It's a change-up, and I'm totally cool with that change-up. And guess what? So was America because it made $70 million.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was a smart move. I think certain movies are more, I guess, uh, lend themselves to that more. Like like Maleficent was more about the villain than it was Sleeping Beauty. So I feel like you can make it that way. Uh, You know, this isn't called – evil stepmom you know this is cinderella so uh it was what it should have been and you know it it really depresses me to see where they're going to go with this i mean the writing is on the wall with what beauty and the beast is going to be i mean like it's obvious at this point uh i want to see who the cast uh for beauty and the beast is going to be you know that we also have a jungle book live action movie coming out
1: yeah Um, two of them yeah a john favreau
0: one and a andy Andy circus one uh, Which
1: we, one is Disney? Is it Favreau or I think Circus? Favreau. I think Favreau's I think is, great. yeah.
0: And Circus is, is supposed to be more dark and based yeah, on the original the novel. novel. Right. So we have For the Beauty and the Beast, uh, directed by Bill Condon, and it stars Emma Watson as Belle, Dan Stevens as Beast, Luke Evans as Gaston.
2: Missed opportunity just to cast Dwayne Johnson as either the Beast or Gaston. <laughs>
0: Emma Thompson as Mrs. Potts.
2: Awesome.
0: Uh, Kevin Klein as Maurice. And uh, Josh Gad as Lefau, uh Gaston's uh, sidekick. And let me see the full cast. That's all that's been announced so far for that. So kind of obvious what that's going to be. I wonder if they're going to do more CGI with the, the clock and lamp. I wonder how they're going to play that in Mrs. Potts. Going to be interesting to see where they go.
2: I know. I uh, guess Angela I guess. Lansbury was booked. Should have brought the
0: lands <laughs> back. <laughs> B. Arthur is not available or no. Uh, one
2: scissor kick, Angela Lansbury.
0: One of the greatest SNL lines of all time. So let's move on to grades, guys. I have not much else to say about Cinderella. Literally, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, like I said, didn't have the songs. And I guess that was sort of good. But, you know, if not one of the most, if not the most memorable thing about Cinderella is the songs, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo and the whole Cinderelli sure. Cinderelli songs. Um, so, you know, I guess they sort of paid reference to those with, uh, Helena bottom Carter says a line from it and, you know, Cinderella sort of hums one of the songs in one scene. So that's fine. That's a good way to go about it, I guess. But, uh, you know, you do sort of cross the line with completely ripping off the original if you go that route, but I'll give Cinderella a straight B. It was fine. Didn't, mm-hmm. w- didn't blow my mind. You know, wasn't, I wasn't like really surprised uh, by it. It was just exactly what I thought it would be. So I totally generic. get
2: why its Rotten Tomatoes is so high because it's re- a really hard movie to not like. It's
0: just a yeah, hard, you awesome can't, movie to love. It's just
2: like, that was fun.
0: Yeah, you so can't bring out a lot of negatives, right? but it's yeah. not like an A or an A+. plus. Yeah. It's no, just not at all. Yeah. So I'll give it a straight B. Uh, Richard, I'll go B as well. That was
2: going to be my vote as well. And and America loves a B because it made, like I said, what is it made uh, worldwide? Do we know?
1: I know it's like one hundred and thirty million. I think. Good gosh, yeah, yeah. one hundred thirty point two right now.
2: Sixty-seven and sixty-two on a, a ninety-five million dollar budget. So yeah. we'll call that one a win.
1: Yeah. And it'll
2: have legs
0: too because kids will keep going. To this sleep. one will do very well in Europe. Yeah. like this is oh, European yeah. all over it you know yeah I this don't know may what, make where this where may make like 500 to
1: a billion yeah billion. I think that's safe at this point to say it probably yeah. will because I I don't think it's opened across some of the bigger European markets yet so wow. that will it will boom Brian great I'm gonna go higher than you guys um I don't lo- I don't love this movie just because, but I, but I feel like like that's kind of our fault, you know. Like the, this is just yeah. not We're our jaded, sort of cynical, thing. Pretentious yeah, um, people. <laughs> my expectation was really low, and and it far out it exceeded that. So I, this is not a movie that I'm going to sit down and watch a uh, hundred more times. But I'm I'm very impressed with with the quality of the film, be, and partly again because. It would have been so easy to just say, hey, we're making a live-action Cinderella. It's going to make $500 million, so we really don't have to put much effort into it. Yeah. Um, and I'm impressed that they went out of the way. So I'm I'm going to go – I'm like right on the line between B-plus and A-minus. I'm going to go ahead and give it an A-minus.
2: OK. I like that. You know what? I, it is – I'm going to go B-plus. Actually, I'm going to change my grade because it is a beautiful movie visually. Yeah. And it, yeah. it will and should be up for – A lot of technical oscars i'd imagine sure
0: i just wonder what this would have been in a world without downton abbey and game of thrones you know like (laughs) didn't that just set the precedent for what sure to, to model this around that's just that's that's kind of another question that was raised just in the past few minutes while i'm thinking about this movie uh you know i wonder how i would feel about it had i not seen game of thrones up until now you know uh that kind of puts the bar really high as far as stuff with this kind of tone and especially some of the same cast members and everything uh but i i agree it um it was it was uh it was definitely beautiful to look at i will admit i will admit that so hats off to the production design team and and man disney knows how to how to put one together i'll say that they got resources like you wouldn't believe and uh you know costume design this will be a big player as well Uh, come Oscar time, I I imagine. So let's move on, fellas. Let's hit recommends.
1: Weekly recommends.
0: So I have to recommend a show that wrapped up this past week. And if you guys are okay with it, it's going to be my vote for our our episode next week because I I can't do Insurgent. Like I physically (laughs) won't be able to take myself to the theater because I know I'll have to see Divergent First, and I can't
2: do that. Oh owe us that for seeing After Earth. No. And then, not make, and then not podcasting it.
0: I literally can't see Insurgent. Sorry. Uh, so my vote is to do an episode on uh, this. You know, it's sort of blowing up the news as of right now. HBO's The Jinx, which just wrapped up this past weekend. Documentary series, true crime series on HBO. And, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to compare to Serial because the Serial podcast was a huge deal in twenty fourteen and you know, a lot of our listeners are listening to us through serial. And so I'm never upset when a podcast does very well because uh, it brings more people to the medium, which is always a good thing, but man, the Jinx is just Except for you slash film. Except for Slash <laughs> <Film> cast And <laughs> those white. But we we really need to do an episode on the Jinx. It's it's worth a, a good conversation and, and you know, it's only six episodes. Each episode is less than less than an hour and uh dan newman one of our listeners recommended it to me as his weekly recommend a few weeks ago and said i needed to watch it and you know said it would be a recommend for us and it is and so hopefully we'll do an episode on it i don't know if y'all have started it yet but you know it's easily finishable in a week you know I, i think i binged it in two days you know uh yeah it's really short and it flies by and it's super interesting it's about Uh, A murder case, a couple of murder cases that have been unsolved that sort of all have the same suspect uh, attached to them. And it's the production value of it is at uh, 110 on a scale of 1 to 100. I mean, it's one of the more mind-blowing like true crime stories I've ever seen as far as just execution goes and being able to tell the story convincingly and effectively. So that's my vote for our episode next week is, is a Rants and Raves on the Jinx. But it's also my weekly recommend, so I want to tell the listeners: uh, check out the Jinx. Uh, bar, borrow your friend's uh, HBO Go password or something. It's worth pirating. I will. I will go out as far as saying that you have to see this and uh, get in on the get in on the discussion uh, because it's totally worth your time. I mean, like I said, it's a documentary, so it's not like a narrative or something. I mean, you're actually le- kind of learning something uh, as you're watching it. So. Uh, Check out the Jinx. Watch it and be prepared for for next week. So that's my recommend. Brian, you said you started it.
1: I did. I started it this afternoon. I've watched uh, almost. Hadn't quite finished the second episode before I had to run up here and uh, and and shoot with you guys. So I yeah. will. I'm totally on board with that. My uh, my wife is into it as well. So she she's a huge fan of like you know Dateline and Twenty for Twenty that kind of stuff. And so this is right up uh, our alley. So yeah, it's it's. It's fascinating, and I'm excited to talk about it with you guys.
0: Sweet. Uh, What's your recommend, Brian?
1: My recommend is uh, a movie that I watched – a documentary as well that I watched on Netflix the other day. It is a Netflix original documentary, I believe, and it was nominated for an Oscar. It's called Virunga. It's about basically a a national park in uh, the Congo – on which the, the last remaining mountain gorillas live. And it also happens to be at the heart of a very tense uh, oil dispute. Uh, oh. There's a, a British – I think it's British oil company that is drilling all across the Congo and is attempting to, to drill in Virunga. And uh, in typical shady business fashion, they've aligned – they basically – wink wink uh no we're totally above board but they've definitely aligned themselves with uh some of the warlords that that uh live in in the congo and and so it's a it's it's a very very, very intense documentary the the film crews are literally it have you guys ever seen restrepo the uh yes it's it's restrepo but with uh, with gorillas, that's a strange comparison to make, but yeah. like they are embedded with uh, with these park wildlife. Uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Park rangers. Sorry, uh, these park rangers who are armed with with machine guns and stuff like that because they're they're having to stop uh, poaching and all kinds of just absurd stuff. They're embedded with these people in the middle of what amounts to a war zone. And, uh, it's, it's very, it's fascinating. It's, it's pretty sobering. Um, the access that that the filmmakers got is just on another level. Um, and and it's a it will it'll it'll make you wanna, want to want uh, to affect change basically uh, it, it's really really a powerful impressive documentary uh, that I would I would encourage pretty much anybody to to watch not not particularly easy to watch this is not a uh, you know twenty feet from stardom sort of documentary yeah. that's just fun and enjoyable and you can uh, have a laugh when and while learning a little bit more like it's it's really intense and it's something that will. I think will challenge kind of your your thinking, uh, so be prepared for that, but it's it's a hundred percent worth your worth your time.
0: Did you ever see the documentary called "The Elephant in the Living Room?: No, I don't think so. Uh, it might still be on Netflix, but it's check it's worth checking out. It's about people who have exotic pets, okay like people who have tigers I know what you're like talking about. In, yeah okay. tigers living in their backyard and stuff. Mm-hmm. and how they like get these animals and stuff and there's like this whole black market of exotic animals um worth checking well. that out too An incredible eye-opening documentary uh elephant in the living room so check that out maybe very cool um if you can richard docu- what richard what's you recommend
2: yeah at the uh at the behest of kent after a year of, of putting it off and putting it off finally uh Apple TV was at a crazy discount last week, so uh, my weekly recommend is simple. It's just Apple TV. It's great. Having a great time with it. I got my Bluetooth keyboard. Yeah, sitting YouTube things all day.
0: It's a yeah, fantastic. Time. Uh, seriously, the YouTube app is. I mean, you you get it for Netflix and uh, you know all the apps it has, but the YouTube app is killer. Yeah, uh, it the amount of stuff that people illegally put on YouTube is awesome. <laughs> 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 it makes it. Very easy to check stuff out. the first
2: video was I watched was our uh, I got to see our 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 beautiful faces uh, for our rants and raves 2014 year in review yeah video in, in 55 inches of HD I got to watch that so that's we look good guys and if you haven't checked that out uh, our yearly review from last year is is on YouTube so if you want to see uh, what we look at so you can better recognize us at South by Southwest uh, check that out. <laughs> But uh, yeah, just Apple TV in general. Great, great service.
0: Yeah, it's got a lot of good features. Uh, of course, the iTunes Store is built in. iTunes Radio is also really cool, sort of a Pandora style yeah. stuff that uh, you know plays off your iTunes library uh, or bases its suggestions off your iTunes library. Of course, it's got Netflix and uh, Fox Now, what ABC on Demand, uh, HBO Go, uh, Hulu, of course, and a couple other gr- great channels to check out. So. Uh, I'll always recommend Apple T V uh to people. It, you know, hopefully we get to the point and uh I'm working on it. Uh hopefully we get to the point where we can do, you know, big episodes, uh, you know, mid-year reviews, end of year reviews, and just our big marquee episodes, we can do live streams to where the fans can watch us record, uh live streams, send questions as we're recording and chime in on the conversation. And that that will all be live streamed uh, on, through video. You know, and you'll be able to watch it live on your Apple TV through YouTube and and stuff like that. So uh, get on board now because in the future it's going to end up being like that. So uh, Apple TV, good good suggestion. Glad you're joining. Thanks. Thanks, man. Where uh, where can I find you online, Brian?
1: You can find me on the Twitter at bgil12. Uh, you can find my writing at canbabiesdrinkredbull.com. Richard, where can we find you?
2: You can find me on Twitter at RichardBarden, or you can find my writing at RichardBarden.com.
0: Kent, where can I find you? On Twitter at Kent Garrison. And find all of our episodes on our website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. And if you like what you hear, of course, leave us five stars on iTunes. And if you would like to keep the show going, you can also donate – the amount you choose to us uh, through our donate button on our website on the homepage. And a lot of you have done that and we will get to uh, you specifically in another week. We'll shout you out and thank you and all that good stuff. We just don't want to flood uh, the listener with that every single week if you haven't donated. But if you have, thank you very much. And uh, we'll get to that uh, in the weeks to come. But until next time, fellas, I'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Bye. See ya. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled
2: eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged Ha, 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 ha But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me yeah, yeah. They're calling again.